0: And welcome to a live episode of the Android Central Podcast. It is February 22nd. 22nd, 2019. <laughs> uh, we are in Barcelona. It is uh, pre-MWC, but we wanted to convene this very special podcast to talk about the Galaxy S10 and the S10 Galax- plus. Galaxy's S10. And the S10e and the S10 5G and maybe a little bit of the S10, well, not the S10 full, the Galaxy full. Uh, to you my left, the
1: accessories.
0: right, of course. To my left, Derek Kessler. How are you? I'm doing all right. How's I'm Daniel Bader, by the way. Yeah. He is. Sitting to my left as well, Nirav Gondia. How are you? Gondola. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fabulous. How are you? Uh, Nirav is the newly minted owner of TechnoBuffalo.com. If if you've never heard of him before, former <laughs> Android Authority, managing editor. Uh, across from me, Alex Doby. How are, How are you?
2: I'm good. Yeah. Good good off.
0: Okay. Uh, across from me as well, uh, very tired Hayato Huseman. Millennial in chief. Is, is there any other kind? Of <laughs> of <Hayato Hussman? laughs> yeah. He said it, not me. Uh, to my right, Mr. Mobile, Michael Fisher.
3: I'm barely here, my friend, but I'm glad.
0: <laughs> also on that same flight, yeah. next to me on my right, Andrew Martinick. Yeah, I'm present. He we woke up in San Francisco
4: today. <laughs> yeah, All right, so Mike reminded me we had a diner breakfast in San Francisco some
0: 22 hours ago. So yeah this this is uh, this is going to be a live podcast. If you've never heard one of uh, our live podcasts, strap in. Welcome. <laughs> um, so we're gonna we're gonna dive right into the Galaxy S10. It was announced on the 20th at an event in San Francisco where Michael and Nirav and Andrew were. Present. It was at the Bill Graham Theater downtown, uh, previously used for. It's a concert venue.
1: Yeah, it's right. A big old
0: event space. It's a big old event space. Yeah, space. yeah, yeah it's, it's used, been it. used
1: for some really big concerts when I was looking
0: there. Right. I was
3: told that it only had a capacity of five hundred, <laughs> but it turns, out, <laughs> uh, it turns out that's incorrect. Uh, but what we, It was about a third full, eighty-five hundred capacity. Yeah, oh. two thousand people there, maybe. Yeah, guess? so two to three thousand. There yeah. were some empty seats. They
4: didn't. They made the better choice than going with a gigantic venue like they did for the Note Nine, which is the Barclays Center uh, in Brooklyn, and that was that was
0: not a good. look. And they've done Radio City a few times in New York yeah. as well, haven't they? So I mean, it was
1: an eighty-five hundred person venue as we said. Yeah.
0: but but it was still it was it was the right size,
4: and I think they they delivered on the amount that they rolled out in one event,
3: considering the size of the the run up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think normally the event wouldn't be any news at all. We wouldn't even be talking about this, but I I found myself excited at an event for the first time in, a, in quite a while.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk about why. So we we weren't we were expecting something about the foldable phone. We, I don't know if everybody was expecting the name or a release date or a price. We got all three. Mm-hmm. That they actually started the event with it, which I think was interesting. Europe was that some
1: was that surprising? I mean, that was. Really surprising because you'd expect DJ Ko Co to come on stage to preamble about how much Samsung, especially it's their tenth year. If you think back to like the Note Eight, what did they do? They spent ten minutes talking about everything they'd done so far and how sorry where they were. I don't think they really, apart from maybe fifteen seconds, talked about the fact it's the tenth Galaxy S. Right. They just went straight into it. And that was More later su- on when they yeah. talked about the uh, the S phones. More surprising was DJ Co. had nothing to do with the. Announcement It was Justin, I think. Was yeah, I name. think it was uh, D- uh, Dennison. Yeah, yeah, Justin Denison Justin Denison And when you walk, when you, when you, everyone's barely sitting down expecting this, you know, we're starting, we're about to start into Samson, and they just go, Here you go, here's a foldable, and everyone's like, Whoa! Yeah. yeah, that
3: got me to set up, set up, and sit up, sit up, sit up, and take attention, sit up and take notice. <laughs> that got me to,
1: I, It was very exciting. There, there was a verb. You verbed hard at that it moment. Got you to do something and something.
0: Yes, indeed. So it was a bold move. Um, yeah, I, I was in a remote um, briefing, and I walked into the room as the fold, the name was being unveiled. Uh, we knew that it was going to be called the Galaxy Fold because. Evan Blast, as he likes to do, spoiled it for us the night before. But it was, I think, a big deal for a lot of people. They didn't expect uh, the phone to be announced. They didn't expect the name necessarily. What do you think? Is the name good, bad? We've always had that that sort of Galaxy verb
2: line mm. of, of you know, for, for weirder phones than Samsung's mm-hmm. lineup. You look at the Zoom. Galaxy, yeah, the uh, Galaxy S whatever Zoom, the the Galaxy Round, the Galaxy Beam. It's mm. it's very much in in their history to just have Galaxy, and then what it does. Right. So
0: (laughs) This is, yeah, this is a pretty literal literal, uh, translation. So we now see that the phone has, um, we knew that it had a 4.6-inch screen on the front, 7.3-inch screen inside the Fold, I guess. We now have a bit more information about the hardware. Uh, Six cameras, which is, I guess, not surprising, considering there's three on the back, two on the front, or... Yeah, two on the front and then one on the inside. On the inside. What, what even is one the front and the, front on the front, back? end? right. the
5: right.
0: uh, Yeah. Snapdragon 855, 12 gigs of RAM. What is it? 512 gigs of storage? Or I think it's 8 plus 256. 256. Wait, not 12 gigs. It's 8 plus 256. 8 plus 256. I'm sorry. Okay, 8 plus 256. Um, anything else interesting about the, the spec sheet? Yeah, they talked
3: about the ba- the fact they had to split the battery into two large components because of the, the hinge in the middle of the thing. Mm. And I think they displayed the capacity for a hot second, but I did not catch it. 40... It, did. It, was it was over 4,000 4, 4, plus. Right. A
1: piece? Was it 40? No,
4: total. Because no, total. Total. it just reads yeah. as you would expect. Uh, but it, yeah, was it it's
1: 4780 it's just... or have I got my... All right. So yeah, we, we could we could, size pro- size we could probably we could probably
0: figure big. this out because
4: it, it, it's a it's a bit of a unit. It's pretty it's a pretty large it's a, device. It's a, yeah, but okay.
0: So the other thing is that nobody's seen it. Nobody's held it. Nobody has gone hands on with it. We've yet. seen it from a disc well, they, they live yes, demoed so it, was, it right as <laughs> like, of as of, as of the recording.
4: They, of they demoed it at like on stage. They had this kind of cringeworthy setup where they were doing like a live. It like they framed it like it was a YouTube video. And, but it was like lit up on the side of the stage and they would throw it back and forth between the, the, the person on stage and then over on the side and they actually had it, you know, live and working and it wasn't a prototype. It was just like the, the, the product was finished. And I think that was probably the biggest, uh, the biggest part of the announcement. We kind of expected it to be another tease. Yes. Like because
2: for how many years have we had that tease? Right, going yeah, all the way yeah. back to the first time Samsung even demoed flexible AMOLED, like right. almost a decade ago at this point. And they were like, "By the way, this this thing just works." Yeah, and, and uh, it's not it's not some weird like CGI thing of, of a product demo. In that that one video that everyone shows that has like a Galaxy S3 yeah. UI, <laughs> with the guy in the the coffee shop showing. Uh, Right, and think about phone.
4: how sketchy the first kind of unveiling was at SDC just yeah. a few months yeah. ago where they killed the house lights Yep, and
2: they had like this... And it obviously was not the same device. It no, a this like boxed box out
4: thing and they showed it and he folded it and put it away. But then this one, the coolest part about it is Daniel's looking at, at one of the unveiling photos is it just looks like a Galaxy S10. It and actually looks really good. Just, just absolutely insane. But it's got some
2: pretty big and bezels around the phone side of that right yeah so when it's r- folded shut
4: right so lay out what that what what the because it's not a one display device
2: no it isn't so if you open it out it's pretty much this you know glorious vision of what you would want an all-screen tablet to be it's roughly four by three roughly four by three you got a little bit of a cutout going on there but you know pretty much just just all screen with uh with a little slice taken out of the top where it those cameras live. It looks like a chrome tab. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. The side notch, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. and then you fold it shut, and you suddenly have this very large bezel-y, like you're using a phone from eight years ago with a giant case on it. There, there's, a, there's about a good inch of bezel on this. There phone. is. I mean, um, the, the screen-to-body ratio on that outside, I don't even want to hazard a guess. It's pretty It's pretty bezely. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, There's you, probably you more bezel think, than
4: screen. Yeah, you kind of wonder if...
2: Man, they really could have gotten away with not doing the screen on the outside. Well, perhaps that's what we'll see from other follow-up phones. You know, we have really? the yeah, yeah. the Royal FlexPie goes about things <laughs> a different way.
1: I think if you, you talk about doing the, not doing the screen on the outside, but the whole premise of that continuity stuff, going kind of on the mm-hmm. side for a second, yeah. is the fact that when you're doing something on the outside... And it's like, I just do not have enough screen space. It's just flip it open and but it then yeah. but
2: then the time you say, I don't have enough screen space, is all of the time because the screen yeah. is absolutely tiny. Yeah, yeah. It's and things like, we, well, it's like, like calls and ago. stuff,
1: I can see why you wouldn't right. want to have this giant freaking tablet. It of the galaxy Threw. mega. Threw. I mean, that, that, that's the thing Threw.
5: of like, I mean, not, not to skip ahead in topics or anything, but I think that's the coolest part about coming to MWC this year is like, we're gonna see so many foldable phones in presumably so many different form factors. Yeah, they're not all gonna look like
2: this. Yeah, yeah.
5: So we're gonna to get tons of different options of if you want them to open from you know from the screens being on the inside or from the outside or. So we're looking basically at,
2: at, at like single screen versus dual screen.
5: Yeah. And so, fold in versus fold out. Yeah. 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 Versus yeah.
3: fold
4: in yeah. thirds yeah. Right. if you're
3: for, for what it's worth, I think the Samsung approach is the right one. I I've, I, I think putting a screen on the outside of the phone is visually striking and maybe How bad is going to look after a month? it's like going to get this. scratched yeah. all to hell, yeah. it's going to be broken in, in, in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Especially since it's not glass. Right. It's a softer, plastic, fle- yeah. more flexible like uh, elastomer or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I think this is the right approach. And honestly, I don't have much of a problem with the bezels on the, on the front or the small display size. Because if I'm using a phone, if I'm using it with one hand, which is the only reason I would be using it while it's closed, if I'm not talking on it, I want it. I don't want my thumb to have to travel as much as it does on, say, a Galaxy S10. I want to yeah. be able to like, crank out a text message, dial a number, whatever, and anything else I want to pop the
2: thing um, And we're saying this having not even touched it. Samsung yeah, like yeah. is creating this device having had this in development for the better part of a decade. So
4: That's you know, also maybe... a technological problem that's going to be addressed. They're going to be able to grow that screen. Oh, for sure, definitely yeah.
1: Definitely, yeah. easily. I mean, I mean, we will eventually see a Galaxy S10 with minimal bezels on the outside and then just two of them on the inside. Yeah. exactly. A very simple. Just, to just,
5: just two Galaxy S10s duct taped together. <laughs> yeah. I can do that right now. <laughs> well, well, Ron, well, Ron from Ars
0: Technica did that exact thing. He just taped a couple phones together, and that's a half price Galaxy Fold. Let's talk about the phone. Uh, it's It has a price $1,980. That's <laughs> it's a April cool, 26. Cool 2,000. April 1st. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. End of April, Damn, April twenty sixth. I gotta defend this price right now. So yeah, <laughs> let's talk about that. It's not cheap. This it's is not, not going to be expensive a, though. A wide release phone, but is it a phone? Is this actually something you would consider a phone or is it a tablet? Is it a real? Is it a phablet? Is it the thing that we've that we talked about for years? It's a true hybrid. Yes. yes. Without for the first that, time, without any joking,
1: that last one. Without seeing it, it's really hard to say okay, this is exactly what it is and what it isn't. But based on what we saw, it, the size and the thickness kind of reminds, takes you back to, say, 2010, 2011, a trip down memory lane and basically something like the Xperia... this Play? X. The slide-out Windows phone.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the
1: slider. It was relatively thick, but it wasn't unmanageable in your pocket. I know for a fact that, yes, you're paying a lot of money for this, but we could all go back and look at something like a Note Edge when that first came out. The Galaxy Round, LG's Flex, all of these phones that look to push the barrier.
3: Yeah.
1: Cost a lot of money. Hell, the original Galaxy Note. They said, you know, they said it was, they created a whole new category. The Note is the original Galaxy Note is the reason we have phones the size we do today. Yeah. When that came out, that was not cheap. So the, the, so the
5: problem, though, is that none of those, except for the note, stuck around. I mean, for for every Galaxy Note, there are ten, you know, Galaxy
2: beams or Galaxy rounds. Right. right. For every for everyone that are, that is a hit, there are at least three or four misses. So, like, um, while the sorry, go, go go ahead. I was just going to say that as as we're looking at, I mean, Samsung has pulled so many resources into this, and so many other companies have as well, and Google is getting behind it at a platform level. The surely, you know, it's it's not just going to be a straight-up dud, or if it is, there's going to be lessons that you could take from it, and this is yeah. going to be, you know, even if it evolves into something is more of a small tablet, maybe with a larger screen, uh, maybe an adaptation of, like, the, the laptop form
5: factor, it's going to be more than just, uh, you know, a one-off dud. We're yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to have plenty of uh, of attempts at this kind of form factor. For sure, we are, we're already seeing that now yeah. between
2: all the different designs, right?
5: I guess the important question is like, do we all, do we want this? The important this? question is who's getting arrested? <laughs> <laughs> but But for real, like, do, do we actually want this? Like, at, how many of us here at, at this little round table actually want this? The $2,000 $2, $2, table. table. Do, I want zero table. table. Yeah. do I want
0: this specific device or do I want this concept? This this concept, this format. I, I, want I want this concept as well. Yeah. Okay. But not at this price yeah. and not as it currently is. But Look, then again, it's first gen device.
1: Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Right. can you honestly say any of us but I think we all agree you want to be able to take your phone there are things that even a Galaxy S10 which you know we've got four out of seven of us at this podcast have one right now hell yes there are things that's, that screen sometimes just isn't big enough for yeah. and i actually the thing I'm really excited about is the multitasking because the ability to run those three apps and switch them in that when in tablet mode
5: yeah, yeah so what that's they- the
1: kind of thing I want to be doing whilst I'm Walking like not said walking down the street, but you've got maps open. You also want to be checking your text messages. You might have a group chat going. You might have a call. All of these different things. I could maybe not this particular device because it's two thousand dollars, and you know, yeah, it's only two thousand dollars. We can we can discuss that price afterwards. But the concept of being of having this phone in your pocket, and as you're walking down, you're like, I literally need more space. Or you're on a you're on a plane, you're on a train, you're in a place where automobile on an automobile. <laughs> Actually, no, this is a great. This is actually a great point because when you're on John when Cameron you're in a car, a phone screen sometimes isn't big enough for navigation. If you've got other things you need that you're trying to do at the same point, yeah, yeah, you can see this. This almost like if you can if they were to build a, a car mount for it, that would work within this form factor. That would be so illegal. <laughs> <laughs> well, depending even on which just for you're a big maps here. display, I remember I look at a Tesla and. Yeah, just yeah. how big the screen is the sure. maps it makes a difference because you yeah, can yeah, see that just turns. that much more. But you, um, yeah.
2: mentioned, you mentioned the multitasking and the number of apps you can display on screen. It's you know kind of interesting that we're, we're going to this now in foldable devices where if you look at the earliest days of Windows back in the day, that was what you had. You had your, your screen split into like thirds or quarters and you split it between apps that way. So it's interesting how I sort of going back to that sort of idea. Um, but also, uh, just looking at the direction Android Q is taking, one of the features that we know is coming to Android Q, very likely, is the ability to have multiple apps active at the same time. Right now, when you're multitasking on Android, not you know, you can have two apps open, they can't both be active at the same time. If you're looking at a foldable, where you have like quadrants or whatever open, it's more likely you're gonna wanna have each app updating at the same time. Sure. So, the hardware that we're seeing now is either influencing the future of Android, or the future of Android is influencing what Samsung is doing with this hardware now. It's yeah. very interesting. I think foldables are probably going to form quite a big part of what we see with the next version of Android. Yeah. And, think-
4: it, and it looks like Samsung's going to be leading that charge. For sure. I mean, we're yeah. going from a few weeks ago, we saw the Royal Flex FlexPi.
2: Boy, did we see the Royal FlexPi. Yeah, <laughs> and uh,
4: it's a thing that exists. And then, you know, a month later, we're seeing well, we're talking about three months later, but Samsung is boxing this thing up, putting it on carrier mm. shelves, at least at AT&T and t and mobile and letting people just buy it and walk out the door with it. Yeah. And it it actually works
2: and is well, like finished and is a in, thing. In theory, it works. I'll Whereas, watching. Like, well,
4: the, the, the FlexPi review. works as in like technically... No, the FlexPi it, does not work. It turns on. <laughs> but this like... I, I think... I can't remember who we were talking to. We've had this discussion a million times, but the best thing that Samsung could bring to the table with foldable phones is that it knows how to make phones yeah. just yeah. in general. Yeah. And that's one thing you've seen
2: missing from a lot of these other concepts in these early devices. And also it knows how to make tablets as well. It's one of the few companies making relatively competent Android tablets. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's a really good point. I mean, we, we think we're going to see uh, a Huawei foldable phone in the future. That's another company, probably the only other company, making Android tablets of any note. These days. Yeah, yeah, varying levels of, of quality in, in that software. Right, but, but the yeah. high end Android tablet market, if there is one anymore, is basically it's, owned yeah, it's Samsung by and, and Samsung no and, and yeah. Huawei. So I think this is really interesting. It's, it's entirely dependent on Google getting developers to optimize yeah. their apps mm-hmm. for a multi window environment. So Google
2: is here at, at, at IO. At, um, at MWC this week, and they will definitely be they in will. In definitely, IO. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Google's going to be at I/O as well. Talking and about for, you know, what this very thing,
4: yeah,
2: you know, Google. <laughs> surely, with Android Q coming up, this is going to be part of it. right? It has yeah. to be. Whether or not we see a Pixel foldable this year, surely Google is going to be talking about stuff at a platform level to enable this new category device. Yeah, yeah.
3: and I think the multitasking will certainly enhance the experience. And I agree, there's going to be a lot of architectural development that goes on that goes into making it a smooth, multiple apps at a time uh, platform, like we saw Android do in whatever version that was, after Samsung had beaten them to the punch by like f- five years. Yeah. Right? How long did we wait for versus is it was like 2012 get, versus yeah. three
2: years, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So
3: like, I, I, and that's going to be fun to watch, but I have to question how many people are actually going to make use of it. Because I, mean, I was one of the staunchest advocates for multitasking on large screen phones of Five inches and above for a long time, and I do, I don't even know how to enable
2: it. Yeah, so I don't. Well, it's, I, I it's, don't, it's harder than ever now in, in Android Pie. It's been yeah. completely gesture nav. It's just it's, yeah. it's like a swipe and two taps to get that. Quick time. app switching has yeah. taken the place of multiple. Yeah, window, yeah. Sure. Uh, well, and um, picture in picture, of course. This First,
3: is a different beast because there's so much more acreage. But I I, I don't think as many people are going to use it as we all think.
5: Well, for for me, the, the the big thing is like I, I was kind of surprised to hear like everybody unilaterally say yes to do we actually want a foldable phone? But, like, my answer right now is no, but my answer when the, you know, the first Galaxy Note came out was also no, I don't want this. And then, you know, a few few years later they come to refine the form factor. I've really enjoyed a lot of Galaxy Notes. I'm still, like, I'm, I'm mostly a small phone kind of guy, but I really like the Note series. Dude brought a palm phone with him. Yeah, yeah, well, that was part <laughs> on the of other quest. side, on the other
0: end of the spectrum, completely. <laughs> so, um, you know, obviously, this is going to be a huge topic of conversation. If we do get to see the, the Galaxy Fold at MWC, we will report on it next week when we do another podcast. Um, first, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come right back and talk about the Galaxy S10 series because whew, there was a lot. We'll be right back. Have you heard about this? revolution in online furniture shopping and the company behind it? It's called Joybird. Joybird believes that you should never settle when it comes to your home furnishings and that you should always have the freedom to be boldly original. From idea to reality, they empower you to create the space and furniture that brings you joy. With Joybird, you get one-of-a-kind furniture made to your unique taste. So if you have ideas on how to furnish your home, Joybird can make it happen. From mid-century modern to contemporary classics, customize your home in an amazing array of fabric choices from rich buttery leather and plush velvets to every color imaginable. Joybird sells a wide range of kid and pet-friendly upholstery as well, and there's a free personal design consultant to help you nail down your perfect design. So why choose Joybird? Well, they have quality handcrafted furniture. Each piece is made by hand with care and precision using high quality hardwood and responsibly sourced materials to fit your exact specifications. And each piece you buy comes with a lifetime warranty. Not only that, you get a 365 day home trial so you can sit on it, sleep on it, and break it in. If you don't love your Joybird furniture, return it for a full refund. And when you order, you get hassle-free in-home delivery and free returns within two weeks of your first delivery. So if you're interested in trying Joybird for a full year, go to joybird.com slash ACP. That's joybird, J-O-Y-B-I-R-D.com slash ACP and receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using the code ACP at checkout. Thanks, Joybird. And now, back to the show. And we're back. Uh, We are talking as a group about the Galaxy S10. There are one, two, three, four, five, six of us and Mark in the background. Hey, Mark, how you doing? All right, so we've had a chance to play with the phone. This is a real thing, we have it in our hands. I don't know, is it seven? Seven. Okay. Yeah, I'm wrong. Um, (laughs) I don't think I counted myself. So we have four Galaxy S10 Pluses between us. This is a phone that we, you know, I think we all knew a lot about it when it was announced. It was heavily leaked. There were very few surprises. But now that we've actually held it in our hands, we've used it, we've, we're on our way to reviewing it. What are the impressions is this is this the big leap that we wanted from the S9 or is it very much an iterative update like you know the S9 was to the S8 so what we- leap did you want from the S9
3: I don't know. I'm, I'm like, asking you. Yeah, because I, I know I know why you asked it. I I, I think because S eight to S nine was extremely iterative. I think from a tenth
0: anniversary, yeah. you know, big opportunity, a big
3: deal. And if the fold hadn't broken cover, I would have been exceedingly disappointed in this year. Not because there's anything wrong with the S ten plus, but because it is so. It is such a conservative
2: upgrade. I but again, what else would you have put into it? Right. Mean, and that's where we are. That, now. That's the right. state of technology. Yeah. Right. right. That's yeah. where we are now in smartphones. Like but you look, have to to make a reinvent
3: the form factor. Unless
2: you're going to do something crazy like a pop-out camera or a slider or something that arguably compromises other we'll areas of We've all got when they came out anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I mean, mean, what else? Yourselves. What else
4: do you want? say? <laughs> <laughs> Noted Oppo find X thing here?
3: <laughs> no, and, and 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 but but you know, I I, I'm, I personally I'm always. Very excited when a company comes out and says like, like LG, you brought up the G Flex before. When a company is like, we're going to build this thing and it's going to have a self-healing paint job and it's curved like a banana. And it's like, <laughs> I understand it didn't work out so hard. So hot. it's about
0: <laughs> as scratch resistant
2: as bananas. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. But I admire that boldness, right? And, and Samsung is not in a position where they can do that or would want to do that because they're going to make so much money selling the S10 because
0: I think, in my early impressions, that it's quite a solid phone. Yeah, but I mean, there's a difference between like pie-in-the-sky ideas that never can or will come to fruition and like real innovation in the smartphone
3: sure. market. Mm. But I mean
0: Where be. is that innovation yeah. anywhere? Uh, with, uh, well, I the, think it's, it's uh, with the fold. It's with yeah. these it's yeah. with the fold. I mean, I, I agree that the phones like the Oppo Find X, the Vivo Next, like they were taking big risks to some extent in twenty nine in twenty eighteen, but we've established that those are never going to be mainstream products. The Galaxy S10 is the yeah. mainstream product to compete with the other mainstream product in in the market, which is the iPhone, um, is this the flagship that um, Samsung should be releasing this year?
5: So I mean, I, I I understand your point of like it's not it it feels iterative at first and not like a, like a huge change, but like you know you you look at the at the phone on paper uh, and obviously specs don't reflect everything, but like it, it is a really big leap in specs. I mean, the baseline S10 has double the ram of last year's phone Eight that's gigs. the
4: that's the big thing for me yeah. the the S9 to
5: S10 yeah. is is considerable right if mean, you're looking at the plus yeah. models not so much yeah. Interesting. but yeah yeah the S9 versus S10 you get double the ram you get way more storage options you get um i mean you, you actually get multiple cameras on the rear yeah you get yeah. You know, like you, you go no, from one camera no to three then. that's a really big deal mm-hmm. like, and
3: and actually that's what i was going to say like it, it, just so that I don't come across as, as really negative about the device, I've been waiting for Samsung in particular to embrace an ultra-wide camera yeah. for this whole time. And the fact that they've included it not just on the Plus that we all have, but on the entire line. So if you buy that S10e, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in a second, yeah. uh, or you buy the top of the line, you're going to get an ultra-wide-angle camera alongside a, a, the usual wide-angle camera, the standard
2: wide-angle camera. And, and very interesting that it's, of the two cameras they chose to include... It was the regular and the wide, not the regular right. and the telephones that we've yeah. seen so many phones. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's let's yeah. back
0: up for the 10 people who may not have the context. The, there are three S10s this year, or four, but we'll get to the fourth. Galaxy S10E, Galaxy S10, Galaxy S10 Plus. Okay? In order of size, 5.8 inches in the S10E, 6.1 in the S10, 6.4 in the S10 Plus. Okay? S10E. Two cameras on the back, as Alex said, it omits the telephoto. That's a really interesting one because all three of these phones have the ultra wide and they use the ultra wide for depth, for for portrait mode, for the live focus. Why do you think that they took that route as opposed to going with telephoto in all three and giving the bigger two phones ultra wide? I think it's a case of of just what's necessary, right?
2: You can get pretty good 2x zoom just from a regular, um, the 12 megapixel sensor. As we know from the Pixel, you can do pretty good portrait mode from just one regular sensor, as we know from a bunch of funds that are out there. It makes more sense if you're going to pick two out of the three to go with a wide angle that you really can't replicate any other way. Yes. Um, and so to go with
4: the wide angle that, I mean, if you're being pragmatic about it, the wide angle is cheaper.
2: Yeah,
5: possibly. Do do we know that for a fact? It doesn't have OIS,
4: and it's a cheaper sensor.
5: Also, do you no think this was of kind of like a... Do you think That's this true. is maybe a response to the fact that LG's been doing this for years? And, that, you know, it's Samsung also, doesn't. I know. think it's more well, a I response mean, no,
4: that it's it's the I one think. unique thing that they can do. Yeah. I was
3: just gonna say it's either either Samsung doesn't even think about LG or <laughs> well, I think or no, I think it is I mean, the like the the thing is like, oh, the one remaining differentiator are yeah they, I, I, I think if if, L,
2: if if Samsung could like torpedo LG in, in, you know that surely that's part of that equation there. Also, Apple, right? Apple's not doing wide angle in any meaningful way. Yeah. So it's a big differentiator mm-hmm. for them with Apple and also it, it gets rid of LG, which is you know, a big competitor in their home market of Korea and also the US. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, we've we've all used phones with both with top yeah. photos and with wide angles. I I personally much prefer having the wide angle. Same. Yeah. Versus, and I know everybody that I've shown one of these phones with mm-hmm. the wide angles like, ooh, I want that. Yeah. yeah. A little zoomy lens. Yeah. Also, I, mean, I think that
2: the, the the Chinese market is going to be an influencer as well because yeah. um, Huawei is getting involved in wide angle as well. You know, they have the three cameras. Uh, okay, they're, they're three times telephoto right now, but we're expecting to see wide-angle on the P20. It's already there in the May 20. Uh, P30? Yeah, uh, P, P30, yeah. Um, so yeah, if we're looking ahead a month to the next phone from Huawei, that's basically table stakes that you have that wide-angle option as well as the two other uh, things there. So.
4: so the camera is one of only a few things that really differentiates these from the previous generation, but I... I think the one thing that you can take away that like it's the the Samsung problem right now is that the reason why the phones are somewhat uninteresting or boring in the grand scheme is that they didn't drop anything of any importance. Yeah, coming from the last generation, and Samsung's done this for what four even generations? Even the
2: headphone jack, right? Right, headphone jack,
4: but they've they've gone four generations straight with just adding and adding and adding, and yeah. you don't lose anything. In, in fact, these for, are slimmer
0: phones. Like, these are like these are was, slimmer, lighter slimmer phones. I lighter was amazed picking photos.
2: up that S10 Plus today next to you know the six month old uh, Note here, and it's, just the it's difference in feel. Grams yeah, exactly. Unless the you Note get 9. the ceramic one.
0: Then it's only then 10 rings later.
5: <laughs> I mean, can, can we can we also take a second to appreciate that, like, you know, Samsung used to be really bad about software updates and all that, and they're, they're still arguably not great about it, but, you know, immediately, like, like, the week before the S10s were announced, all the previous gen models got the update to the newer software that the S10s are going to ship with. They mm-hmm. all got Android 9, they all got uh, One UI. So, like, you know, even if you bought last year's phone and the, the new one comes out, you don't really have to feel left out on a software basis. That's yeah. a good
1: point because Samsung's normally, you can almost rely on Samsung to push a new phone, Yeah, push people to try and buy that with all new, the new features, and then three months later go, oh wait, we should probably update everything. Yeah. So the fact that they've actually pushed those updates, part of me thinks that they've got, a lot, of negative, you know, a lot of negative feedback, if you will, about their software upgrade record. And they made a big deal about One UI at SDC yeah. that they yeah. wanted to go, okay, we're trying to do things differently. Is this going to be what they do every year? You know, I mean, it's the first time they've ever kind of really launched their new software with the latest version of Android before they launch a new phone. We'll see next year. But I mean, if this is what they're going to do, it puts them much more along the lines of Nokia, Motorola, Huawei and others who are probably updating well Motorola is not. Motor yeah. Motorola's not Motorola, I'm, I'm just running it in that general scheme of yeah. it puts them in the yes they do so, update versus they'll leave your phone to die. so, so yeah. over the
0: past
2: if you want to go back like two or three years to where we were with uh, the move from S6 to S7 back then um, it was it was really was kind of a lottery as to where your carrier was or where your country was in terms of whether you got the up or not there were some countries that were really really good generally Germany the UK, Poland, uh, and Korea were the best ones for actually getting an update. If you're any other country, you'd wait like another three or four months. I think to get more granular on it, the difference this year is that every country is more or less at that same level um, yeah. in terms mm-hmm. of update cadence. Um, and that's you know, more important than ever when you know, maybe you see that Galaxy S10, but you're not so envious of it, you know, which you wouldn't be anyway because it's a, every update is an iterative update. But if you get a lot of the look of that and a lot of the feel of that, you don't feel left out in the same way that you were before. And then maybe you're more positive towards you know, your, your view of Samsung as a result of that and therefore more likely to upgrade to a Samsung phone in a year or so when your contract's up or when you have the money to do so. Right.
0: So let's put uh, you know, bring our attention to the front of the phone. We talked about the cameras. Um, this is another big upgrade for the display. Samsung yeah. basically owns this Market. So bananas. It's an amazing display. Uh they're now calling it dynamic AMOLED as opposed to super AMOLED. I hated that old static AMOLED. So <laughs> yeah, you can you couldn't see anything, obviously. Um brighter, sharper, more color accurate, but obviously there's the little pill shaped, or if you have a Galaxy S10 or S10E, the circular hole punch camera. What do we think now that we've seen it in person? Is it as distracting as the renders made it out to be? No,
3: no. You, no. you stop noticing. It's just like the notch,
0: and that you stop noticing it after a short amount of
3: time. In my case, but it, it, as opposed to the notch, which came in many different shapes and some of them really gross, depending on manufacturer. Like this is this is unobtrusive. This is it, it's a it's a little mm. pill up in the corner. It's not a big deal. I don't understand. Yeah. And I haven't I've, run
2: into any co- like compatibility issues or any weird yeah. app scaling. Or anything because like that. because it's just, on the software. As far as the software is concerned, it's just a notch. Yep. Yeah. The, a within the, yeah. Within
5: the within yeah. the status I bar.
1: prefer it over to the right because well, that's it's not going to carry it away. <laughs> I, it's out of the way. Like yes, it's you know the camera's there and yes, Would it we, not you know we've seen be... the screen protector, the the, the screen, their the wallpapers and stuff. that have the little black in the corner and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Really, sure, and really, sure. honestly. <laughs> I mean, you just I'm looking at the phone. I'm you know for the last two days, you forget it's even there. It, yeah, yeah, it yeah. Doesn't yeah. The notch in the middle. Kinda, it's a lot more intrusive because, especially if you think about how the wider notch on like a Mate Twenty Pro or the iPhone, and it yeah. disrupts it the
5: notifications. Disrupts the
1: notifications yeah. hugely. Here, you've just got the open yeah. bar of space. It's not like, even worth it. See, and, and we,
5: we we talked about this just a little bit ago uh, from a from a symmetry perspective. I think the pill is considerably worse than the notch, but realistically, it's something that. Nobody buying the phone is going to notice. They're not going to care after they spend an hour with the phone. Yeah, it doesn't affect a buying decision. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. it's, knows it's that. an imperfect
2: choice between the two.
5: Uh, and it, you're right; it
2: is symmetry versus asymmetry. But we heard we heard Honor talking about this a lot in the run up to the View Twenty. Uh, they experimented with having the hole punch in the middle and on either side, and um, you know it was, it was kind of a split decision as to whether the left or the right was better. It depends whether you do a lot of gaming that kind of stuff. But the agreement was that if you have it in the middle, it's you know arguably with a notch, but even more so with a cutout, it is so noticeable because it is right just a spot right in the middle of your field of vision yeah. as you're looking at the phone. It is surprisingly more distracting, even you know, more so than a notch.
4: And we can also mention that uh, Samsung went taller yet again with the displays. They went from 18.5 by nine to 19 by nine. Yeah. And rumor has it that Sony is doing a twenty-one
0: by nine phone. Something so the, tells me that won't be imitated by Samsung next yeah. year. But okay, so but.
4: At, at this rate, they just go up by just a, by like a little smidge every single time. But so
2: if, if Sony, if if the rumors are to be believed, Sony is doing that while keeping the traditional eighteen by nine level borders at the top. Yeah. Samsung is just eliminating those borders completely. While keeping the same footprint as last year's files. yeah, they're effectively the same. So, do yeah. you,
5: do you think they did that because certain like like social networks and and other things like you know, say if I'm looking at an Instagram story, that's sixteen by nine, no matter what phone I'm on. Uh, do you think they did that so you know things like Instagram that a lot of people are going to use are not obstructed by the 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 pill in the topic? yeah by going by going tall, you can get regular interface elements to ha- to stay on the screen while showing full right.
4: content. It, it just makes more sense. Yeah, because
5: initially when Samsung switched over from having physical buttons and, and capacitive to on screen, that's kind of when they switched over to the taller aspect, right? Yep, and then they just went from there. Yeah, so it, it, it's and all it kind of now it feels weird to see a 16x9 phone. Yeah, I mean, it does. It just looks, Actually, looks, even, even going back this year,
2: now, this w- 18x9 aspect that we have here with on the, the Note, Note 9, yeah. Looks weird next to the 90 and This looks this yeah. looks like short and fat compared to the DS10 Plus. It's <laughs> yeah. really weird.
0: Alright, let's move let's move down the screen a little bit. I just saw Mr. Mobile unlock his phone using the new ultrasonic in-display fingerprint sensor. Yeah, I'm pretty good so at it. That oh. was I I was more excited about that than any other aspect of the phone, wow. I think. Really, because I was disappointed by the optical sensors in the OnePlus 6T Who and the Mate it? 20 Pro. Oh, I, I found I found them to be really unreliable. And as the weather got colder, uh, they became even less reliable because they were, they were effect- sensitive. To, they were affected to temperature. by
2: everything: by temperature, by light, by moisture. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. Not and a capacitive great
4: sensors got so good mm. that yeah. it was a real big step back. If you had introduced this, you know, we're talking about One Plus Six T. If you had introduced that level of quality like four years ago, you'd be like, "Oh, all right," but. Capacitive sensors got so good that our standards got really high. Yep. So now
0: our standards are super high. Let's talk about this. Uh, it uses audio waves instead of actual, like an optical, essentially a camera. Yeah. So it gives a three-dimensional representation of your thumb or whatever finger you uh, you store in I the phone. I unlock my
4: phone with a pinky.
0: You do you, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> um, Hashtag pinky unlock. <laughs> so... What's the consensus here? It's apparently more secure. Is it faster? Is it better?
3: I'm going to say it's faster than the optical ones I've used by a very small margin. It is more reliable by a somewhat larger margin. It is still substantially inferior to a capacity. Correct. Mm. You're talking about
4: fractions of a second, but that really matters when you're just staring at your phone. And it just feels like you have to be more deliberate with it. It's very similar to the OnePlus 6T in that respect. You feel it's not like so casual. We've gotten used to the capacitive sensors. You kind of just throw your finger back there and like it works. Whereas this is like, you, you feel more like you've got to line it up
2: right. Like the, the area where it'll accept the print is a pretty small area. Yeah. So yeah. a That's, big thing with a lot of those first-generation sensors was you, like pressure was a thing because it took a, a, like a static image yeah. of your yeah. thumb. You used to actually press down quite hard, whereas with a capacitive sensor, you didn't just by the nature of the yeah. sensor. Is that still a thing?
5: You have to press so much harder with this sensor. Harder right. than a capacitive. Than, sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: You, don't, you don't really have to press at all with a capacitive sensor. Right. Yeah. Whereas it with this, you really do have to mm. um, give... And what's interesting is that Samsung introduced the pressure-sensitive home button right. which with the S8, now. which is not there anymore, strangely. So you're kind of used to that. But wait a minute, isn't it? No, it's no, gone. It's, it's gone. Yeah. It's not there. Um, but what's interesting about this is that you, you're doing it for a different reason. You're doing it to, to log into your to your phone.
3: I don't actually agree. you do have to press harder than you would on a capacitive sensor, but I think it's
5: saying that it, you have to press so much harder an overstatement. I don't think you have to push super hard. Yeah, you you're not breaking the phone or anything, right, but like yeah, you know, like yeah. like during our pre briefing. The two of us just kind of sat there while we were trying to film ourselves setting up the fingerprint sensor. Right. Just, you know, tapping it and being like, well, what's happening? It's not doing anything. It, it keeps on misreading. It's not misreading. It's just it expecting you to, you know, press a little firmer. Yeah, the, during the learning
3: process, it takes a, it takes a firmer press. But yeah. during the actual, like, day in, day out, you can, you can just kind of... Yeah, you don't have to it. push that. Hard. Yeah, this, I, I don't think that's the problem. I
1: mean, this sensor's... Okay, yeah, it's not as fast as the capacity. You know, we've said that. It's fine. It's reliable. I it think is the, the thing that most we've, we seem to be skirting around and not really mentioning is when you think under display fingerprint sensor. I don't think this tiny little spot on a screen. Yeah. I think give me a region. Sure. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, it the, technology the first synaptics there. one? Had it was based on a regional like a region of the that screen was, I I think, optical. Yeah, that's, now, that's I something. I would one. much prefer even if it's a little bit more. Because I think the chances of hitting... Where is the S It's somewhere here. The chances of hitting that without paying attention... Oh, in that case, I just actually did. Yeah, but, you just yeah. Don't, you don't have the physical There's no cube, and that's what it yeah. yeah. exactly. is. There's, no, yeah. yeah, there's no physical you feedback. Need,
4: I agree. You need to make the area larger. And obviously, it's going to... It'll get there.
2: But yeah. it's going to take a couple uh, generations. And also, can know? we just... Before we move on, can we talk about how crazy it is that Samsung, for a while, has had this pressure-sensitive area at the bottom yeah. where you can press it to unlock they have now have a sensor where you need to press to register your fingerprint and they've removed one feature just as they've as they added <laughs> yeah. the other yeah. Yeah. you can tap See, the
4: screen to wake it up the
1: question the is sensor. who who used the pressure sensitive hidden I I all the time i, mean, I, I yeah. really liked it you could, I really could liked use it. It the face unlock it was great but. yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what okay so actually
0: that's, that's a good way to transition to this this no longer has a an iris scanner yeah so you now have traditional rgb based face unlock which is way less secure but way faster. So it doesn't allow you to use the uh, face unlock for really secure applications like password managers. But the face unlock is so reliable that you could probably use it for 95% of your unlocking purposes and then just rely on the fingerprint sensor for these
5: secure elements. Also, before we move away from the fingerprint sensor, I do wanna say the one thing I am I am all for the the progression of this sort of uh, technology, this you know this new technology here, um, but the one really big downside to me of the in-display fingerprint sensor versus something on on the back of the phone is that you no longer have an easy way to access your notifications when you're in an app. And you yeah, know, some people. Here,
0: here, here, here. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's yeah. huge. RIP yeah, yeah. and peace. Because yeah, some I, people will say you can just my, do that
5: from the home screen, but that doesn't well, really help. One of my favorite parts of. Of any phone with a rear fingerprint sensor. Yeah.
4: Although, Samsungs were never as good for that as phones that had a larger circular fingerprint sensor. Mm. Yeah. And... Okay. We can complain about the in-display fingerprint sensor, but this, uh, this sensor combination, how easy it is to use is miles ahead of where they were with the Galaxy S8 and Note 8 with the Agreed. stupid fingerprints I mean, that's very yeah. Very side. low bar I, I, I agree. don't know about that. Oh my goodness. There's I know I like, agree to no, an extent.
1: No way. I still think as good as this is and I have just been doing this now. Most of the time it's okay and you can you can do it without looking. But if I'm I'm sitting here right now staring at Mr. Mobile and I'm like, "Oh, can I, you know, trying and it's it's about 50-60% unless you're paying attention. Even with you That's know, a terrible you,
0: percentage. How often how often are you unlocking your phone? With but why don't uh, you just stare at Mister Mobile for that matter? Well, I stare at <laughs> Mister Mobile all the time. No, <laughs> <Not enough>,
3: but <laughs> but My, my, but you're my right. point like, is that the they should... Divot, you can pull it out of your pocket and then it's yeah. already unlocked because your finger knows where to go without you looking at it. I, I
4: understand that. I'm just saying that this is not that bad. It's just upsetting that it's not this of the same quality and convenience as the yeah. last generation. And maybe so one
2: nitpicking here that we. we we are talking before about how there is so little that's been taken away from this phone. It's so easy in that case, I think, to zero in on some things that are Definitely, different. Yeah. And how it maybe detracts slightly from the experience. And then I think
4: this is, a good, uh, this is a good way to transition to talk about the S10e really quickly because that doesn't use the in-display fingerprint sensor. Right. That's one of the couple of ways that they cut down on the, on the cost. It just has a capacitive sensor in the one place Samsung has never put it, in the power button on the side of the phone, yeah. Why did they do that? Why didn't they
0: put it, it on the back
1: again? Perfect sense. Look at Sony. Oh, the, I, the design the makes time, perfect yeah, sense. Everybody so wants weird. to copy
0: Sony's it's smartphone. The first time I'm going to say
1: this. <laughs> success. Samsung copied, like, I've long said that putting it in the power button does make sense. It does. Because when you pull your phone out of your pocket, right here. That's exactly, you know, I would much prefer, honestly, the fingerprint sensor right there. That's the pocket. Why would right you there? not have that on all three if it's, yeah, it's that's just the better?
4: I mean, it's obviously, it's cheaper to put the capacitive one than to do yeah. this new in-display thing.
1: Alex has a good point, though. If there are, if you look at, I think it was the original Mate, well, one of the, the first Mates that came out, the Huawei Mates that came out with the had both. The, Porsche, the Porsche design version with both.
0: Mate Brilliant. RS. Oh. Was it Mate?
1: No, it wasn't the Mate RS had No, it was both. the Mate, yeah, Mate was. RS had both. Oh, it was the Mate the RS, yeah. The original Mate RS. I, I used that for a while. Yes, it was great to have the in-display. No, no, it, was also no, nice it wasn't. say no, on. It wasn't. was, I didn't say it was that, so
2: bad. They knew it was bad. That's why they put
1: say, it on the back as well. I didn't say it was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't I say-, did. say I didn't say it was the fingerprint sensor was great. I said it was great to have it. No, the objects are
4: horrendous to put two fingerprint sensors on your phone. You can never defend that. Like, if you're Samsung, and you're like, hey, look, you got this, uh, you got this in-display fingerprint sensor. By the way, it's terrible, so use (laughs) the one on the side. Yeah, this would have been double secure.
0: This would have been like a a Galaxy S4 era feature where they had it everywhere because that was just what they did back then. But we should talk
4: about the S10e overall. let's, Let's
0: talk about the S10e... Right after this break. Oh, dang. Well done. <laughs> we'll be right back. This episode of the Android Central Podcast is brought to you by Wix. 140 million people use Wix to create beautiful websites using over 500 stunning templates. If you've been looking to make a website for yourself, Wix is the place to go. That's because Wix code is creation without limits. You don't need to know HTML or CSS. There are plenty of ways to get nerdy without having to code a website yourself. Wix has great tools for anybody looking to improve their presence on the web, people in e-commerce, in music, hotels, events, restaurants, and more. If you've always wanted to create that blog, you can now do it in a couple of easy steps and Wix makes it easy to track events or book appointments as well. Finally, if you're looking to host a gallery, Wix makes beautiful mobile and desktop-friendly galleries. If you wanna make a website, Wix has your tool. I've been making a website for the Android Central Podcast over the last couple of days using Wix. I can't wait to show it to you. It looks great and it's really, really easy to get around. If you want to create your own website, you can do it with 10% off your first order by going to Wix.com slash podcast. That's wi podcast. So uh, let's talk S10e because this is arguably the most important of the three. It's mm-hmm. cheaper. It's smaller. It's effectively the same.
1: It's more colorful. It's the iPhone XR. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. It is the iPhone 10 R, 100. It's it's it. a, a Samsung's answer, but I have a question for all of you. It's I don't think it's just about the 10R. I think the 10E. Now I think Andrew, you said this to me. Like the pricing of the 10E is quite close to where the S9 started. S9. And six, now they yeah. have added a lot, so you can understand why that there is that jump in pricing. For me personally, I also think it's their attempt to take on the companies who are charging 600. Yeah. Those guys. Yeah. So someone like a, a OnePlus, because ultimately for the, if you're a consumer, you know how much money Samsung is going to put into the S10 plus and the S10 and the marketing of the E, but they're not gonna throw all the money behind the e market. Oh yeah, it's
4: the classic halo effect of the S10 brand. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Working How much is the
0: OnePlus 6T in US dollars? 550, 550. Okay, 500.
4: so we're not quite up to $600. Mm-hmm. you are still talking about $200 Delta there, but right. Nero's right. point is still well taken that the undercutters in the traditional sense are in like the six dollars to $700 range. Yeah. And Samsung can play in a space where it's saying, we're only 50 or or $100 more. And you get a Samsung Galaxy phone. And
2: and not just a Samsung Galaxy phone, but in terms of the components that matter, in terms of the main parts of the camera that make a difference to your experience of that, if you just post it on Facebook or or whatever, and the performance, you know, the the SOC, um, to a large extent, the memory, because six... Six gigs to eight gigs, not a huge difference. Water resistance, Storage, water resistance, everything that matters in terms
0: of how most people want the, uh, you know, display, use and want to use the, the phone. The display is yeah. 1080, but it's yeah. the same quality of panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the two things I think that are interesting and I think maybe better about the 10e, the fact that it has a capacitive sensor because you know at, when you're unlocking so, your phone yeah. hundreds of times a day, that may make a difference. And it's small; it's the size of a Galaxy S7. Yeah. It's compact. It's it actually a usable in one a larger hand. battery than the S9. Yeah. So it could be a really nice phone for people who want the small,
1: you know, Xperia X compact type of wow, phone. Sony getting a lot of name drops here. Honestly, <laughs> the Tenny but it is, is the phone, like, if I was to take the example of my parents, my dad would be the S10 Plus all day long. Way too big for my mom. Same with the S10. All right. But my dad, if I said to my dad, hey, go and buy a OnePlus, go and buy a Sony or something, they've got the right size. What's he'd be like, he'd be, no, he would, he, he knows what they are. He would literally be like, no, we're buying a Samsung. And, and so you know, this is literally playing the exact same game that Apple did. But for someone like my mum, the 10e is, she is the target market for that. And you know, it the on contract
2: price, you know, we, we talk about the off contract price, the straight up price versus, you know, from, from a OnePlus to uh, an S10e. The on contract price you got in your car is to be nowhere near
1: as much sure. different.
2: Yeah. yeah. So. Well,
1: actually, talking yeah. about that we're not going to see samsung go crazy on the 10 plus and the 10 pricing and doing the price drops they're going to follow apple's model of when was the last time you saw apple actively discounting iPhones heavily the 10r the iphone 10r the, the yeah. 10r yeah. Yeah, the it's the hope. first time in a long time we've seen them play the price game when they've never needed to yeah, the hope
4: is you just let the cheap one be the cheap one and, and samsung's yeah. going to
1: they can they can take the they can drop that price wherever they need to because ultimately, they're gonna—it's gonna balance out by the people who want the the bigger and better and more flagship yeah. device. But, but how much control does Samsung have with the pricing of a phone that's primarily sold in carrier stores? A lot. So I, based on my experience, at least in the UK, and I know it. This is several years ago, and it's only got stronger since. I'm almost certain it's the same here because it's the same model, and I worked for Carphone, which was related to Best Buy and stuff. Apple came in and disrupted the entire carrier model by saying. We're charging this. You have to charge this. Samsung does the exact same thing because Samsung Galaxy devices have arguably as much if not more of a pull for, in Europe especially, think about how much more popular Android is here, that Samsung can set the pricing at this. That's why if, if Samsung couldn't set the pricing or if they had no control of it, do you not think we'd see one of the carriers go, all right, we're going to price the S10 Plus $15 $15 a month cheaper than anyone else, and heard take that thing. have other
2: manufacturers complain about the influence that Samsung has in carrier stores in the US and yeah. UK in particular.
1: Exactly. Ultimately, people are going to, just like they do with an iPhone, and I've worked several iPhone launch days in a carrier store. I rem- I'm going to take on a bit of a memory lane, but this is directly answering your question. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I tangent a lot. I remember working on iPhone where people went, have you got the new iPhone? No. Well, have you got the new Galaxy? All right, I'll take that.
5: Yeah, yeah. That
1: is just down to the market. Sam, having, saying you're going to stock the Galaxy S10 is enough to bring people into that store. Yeah. Which is why Samsung has that pool that Apple does, but no other OEM has. And no one will have for a very long time.
5: And, and I'm, I'm curious if to, um, it, like, whether, whether or not your experience is going to reflect mine, since we both worked cell uh, retail for a while. Uh, in my time working for a U.S. carrier for four years, um, basically the, the, the only deciding factor in whether somebody wanted, you know, the iPhone whatever plus versus the, the smaller model was the size. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't care about the pricing difference or anything. They just said, I want the big one, I want the small one. I'm wondering how that's, uh, that's going to be reflective with the, the new S10s and, you know, having three different sizes to choose from.
1: I think we'll see. Like, if I was still working in sale retail, you would obviously pitch the 10+. plus, Yeah, 10. yeah. And you won't even think about the 10E until you know that that person is no longer thinking about size. They're now price conscious. Mm. And the minute they go from being someone who's thinking about size versus I'm, it's just out of the budget I need or yeah. I want to get a slightly cheaper it's... retail plan, it's like, whoa, you have... 99% of it, and we'll save you XXX. It's a the,
2: the, the safety net where you know you're not going to get a big fat commission from selling an S10 or S10+. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's, the, it's, the, it's the hook, line, and sinker moment, where, and where they go, oh, I can still have it all, and it's cheaper. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm just taking that. Financially, Like it's, it's got all the
5: same specs, for, for the most part. You know, Of course, some things like, like battery size are different, slightly. Right. But you it's, know, it, like it's, it's more or less the exact same phone as the other S10 models. Just cheaper, smaller, you know, easier to use with one hand. It's super appealing for you know for somebody like me at least who's kind of tired of getting giant phones all the time.
1: It's the phone I would buy probably. Okay, for free.
5: so
0: now that we're speaking about that homework time, this is our our annual, our, our weekly uh, homework segment where uh, I ask everybody to was uh, to do a bit of uh, to do a bit <laughs> of work for me it's for the listeners. <laughs> um, how do you buy your phones? Tell us how you purchase if you're if you've graduated, I guess, to the unlocked phone buying model, or if you actually go into a carrier store, if so, what is your experience like these days going into a Verizon? We don't have that same opportunity anymore. You know, going into Verizon, going into, uh, O2 or or wherever you are in the world, what's your experience? And I just want to shout out everybody who's, who's written in over the last few weeks. Uh, last week, we asked about Android tablets. Uh, thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Emmanuel. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Seth. Thank you, Thank you Jason, Brett, Colby, Jimmy, Les, Josh, everybody who, who emailed in. No way in. that many people own Android tablets. Seriously. I, <laughs> I was shocked how many people emailed in and were like, I use Android tablets. I love the experience or here's what I don't love. So keep sending those emails, podcast at Android Central.
1: We should have asked them how many of you bought them or got them for free because I think we'll have a very different
0: conversation. Uh, Fair enough. Okay, so um, rest of this uh, Galaxy S10 conversation, I'm going to reserve for the future. We know that the Galaxy S10e, $750. S10, $900. S10 plus $1,000. We're still waiting on one more. We don't know when it's coming out. We don't know how much it'll cost, but the S10 5G was shown off during our briefings, and it's a bigger, better, quote, Galaxy S10. And and shown off is right, because they didn't let us touch it, let alone use it. And it wasn't powered on. Sure. So we know that it's coming semi-exclusively to Verizon in the first half of 2019, and after that it'll be sold at T-Mobile, AT&T, and Sprint. And Xfinity Mobile. And one other, Spectrum Mobile. Something stupid like that. So we know that this phone will be compatible with all four U.S. carriers with whatever their 5G networks look like in mid-2019, which... (laughs) They don't exist. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But this is basically a big Galaxy S10. So it has a fourth rear camera for time time of flight, flight, which helps with depth and 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 a second
4: front camera, also time of flight. Also time of flight. What will Samsung do with those?
0: Shrug. Shrug. Yeah, question mark. This is basically the AR... Um, like the aspirational AR world that 5G will enable even though we don't have any applications that will help it
2: nor is enable. there any clear connection between the two technologies
4: also well, man- that's, 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 I mean, that's the most okay. 5G thing we've oh, ever don't heard don't try right. to defend AR right now <laughs>
1: <laughs> I forget who it was it was in the last three or four weeks It was like I think it might have been a CES there was a games manufacturer who literally said for us to build the next generation of AR experiences and mobile experiences and all of those, we need 5G and we need a phone. So I understand yeah. why Samsung and others are doing it because you, we don't know what it's going to look like and nobody does until they're able to actually build it on something. Otherwise, they could be building for a future that's five years away and we're like, well, we have 5G and we can't use it for the next five years. Man, Pokemon Go 2 is going to be lit. <laughs> so let's get,
4: the, let's get to the practical part of this. Nobody should buy this
0: phone. Hang on. Let's, no, let's, no, no, no. I know. nobody yes. should buy this. Let's phone. wait. Let's say that at the end, though. Again, let's talk about let's talk about the other parts of this phone. So, let's hype it up first. Six point seven inch dynamic AMOLED display. So bigger, the best, the biggest and best AMOLED display Power ever on a, on a Galaxy phone. Yeah. Forty five hundred milliamp hour battery and something that I'm super <laughs> jealous about: twenty five watt charging, wired charging. Yep. Why this couldn't be in the Galaxy S ten and the other S ten models? So interesting,
2: interesting point. The two of us now were in a meeting with Huawei CEO uh, Richard Yu about six months ago, where he was talking about uh, the the correlation between charging speeds and battery size. He said to us, they could have gone with a forty-five hundred milliamp hour battery in the in the uh, Mate Twenty Pro, Pro. but they didn't because the the capacity of that battery. there's a relation between the charging speed and the capacity, so That's they, could, an have, interesting they point. could have done crazy fast charging with 4200, which they did, or they could have done slightly slower charging with 4500. They decided the balance in that instance needed to be in favor of uh, charging speed. They made the opposite determination with the Mate 20 X. You had a crazy big battery, but with slightly slower charging. So I wonder if um, you know the trade-off with the larger batteries that we're seeing in the regular S tens um, has more to do with uh, you know the, the charging speeds than maybe. You would think I, think, to begin with. I would hope so because yeah.
0: otherwise
4: there's really no the Samsung is conservative AF with wired charging. Well, yeah. It's so been like that with for with five years, years now. Yeah.
1: They're still trying um. to be the market leader of wireless charging,
0: right? Yeah. And they are. And there's except in or their fast the wireless charging 2.0, mm-hmm. which was new this year, debuts with the Galaxy S10. You will need a new wire, wireless charger, Cha-ching. but it's only 12 watts, yeah. so it's, it's still well, half it. the speed. Of super fast wireless charging for the Galaxy S10 5G, which just stays in nothing a of, crank. Might as well. <laughs> it might as well. You need a, like you need a mouse you know, just in you know, a spinning wheel. So, before,
3: before we move off of wireless charging, though, real quick, just to, to touch on it, the reverse wireless charging on all of the. Oh, yeah, Galaxy right, yes. Is that phones. cool? Yes, it is. It works. And, and the yeah. reason that it is cool, it was cool when Huawei did it. But no, Huawei launched it. It was cool, it was. but useless. Exactly, because Huawei launched it with no accessories that could benefit from it. Samsung already had the Galaxy Watch and has demonstrated the Galaxy Watch charging off the back of the phone, which some, having used a Galaxy Watch, it's a three- or four-day watch, but sometimes you run low and it's... It's, it's like a three-and-a-half-day watch. And Yeah, yeah and then uh, the Buds that we will talk about some other time. You have two wearable accessories that ship with the phone. Some of them are given away with the phone when you buy it, and the phone can charge them without the aid of a cable, and it can do it quickly yeah. and efficiently, and it makes all the sense in the world. When I heard that, you... No. Oh, man. People a outside. F- phone call?
4: Yeah, from the front door.
3: Why? Somebody we, hit the
4: wrong button. Are, are we oh, keeping nuts. this in the podcast? Oh, yeah, definitely. Let's just roll it it. <laughs> yeah. why, so, why are we
2: not, like, opening a barrel? <laughs> eating yeah. some Skittles, Phil. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um, I, I see your point. And actually, when that use case was demonstrated, like, it's hey, I, I want to travel really light. I only want to bring one USB-C cable, but I still want to bring my x ex- Accessories with me, right? Um, you know, this makes sense. At the same time, didn't they say that it's going to stop the? So if you charge a phone, that phone will stop at thirty uh, percent. It's if the charge. charge if
4: the host phone gets below thirty percent, it stops doing. Oh, the wireless. host phone. Okay, yes. got it. It, okay. it basically saves itself got it charging into oblivion that
0: makes more sense because there's so much uh,
4: line
3: loss there's a lot of inefficiency yeah Yeah, this is a 4.5 watt output I was just going to say like do not use this to charge another phone (laughs) you are going to be tempted to say like hey grandpa I can charge up your (laughs) iPhone at the table it really you will lose more power between the phones not
1: on on the S10 but I had this with the Mate 20 Pro 1% battery left waiting for an Uber it was going to die in the 6 minutes the reverse wireless charging kept me there so we don't we don't actively recommend you use it to charge your other phone. Hell no. But if, you're ba- if your battery's down to like 5%, you're calling an Uber and you need that phone, you, it's, it's a very simple it's, way to just keep it topped up. But I still don't recommend people do it because I sat yeah. at
3: a table to trying to charge his it it Pixel
1: work. 3XL yeah.
3: and it lost power on the... It, yeah. I think no, that's so
1: down to say, Pixel 3XL. On, on the Mate or no. on the Sam, on the Mate. No, I will say that because that's a whole other topic but I've told you on a regular wireless charger it says it's charging slowly. I think the key thing about this, though, is that it's fact it's four and a half watt. And also, I noticed this the other day, which I've only just came back to mind. It's also because of the C to C stuff. It's it's a decent size to actually just be a power bank. For mm-hmm. other yeah, if you plug it into yeah, the wall, just yeah. put the phone face just, down, just just do that. You've got a wireless so charging. No, I just, I just pulled out
4: the the oh, well, Galaxy OLED, Buds. Yeah. The Galaxy Buds case is only four hundred milliamp. Right, so you're going to get a full charge. Milliamp power. Power. so you can quickly add a, a half charge to this just in. You know, while you're sitting there with the phone face, uh, face down, all yeah. you have to do is
3: sacrifice ten percent of your battery life.
0: And it, with the Galaxy S10 Plus, that's not a huge number. Uh, it's
3: it's well, actually not. more than ten percent; probably twenty
0: five percent with all the line loss yeah. yeah,
4: but it's not. It's not like my Galaxy Buds are at zero and I need to charge them full. It's just like while you're sitting there, you the buds died. You pop them in there. You let it sit there for
5: fifteen minutes, and you
4: get what you get out of it. I mean, it's, I, I, it, I, I think it's so a lifeline, know. little
5: thing. I think the other important implication of this is like you're not just going to be using this when you're like out waiting on your on your train or whatever. Like, this is also really good for if you're sitting at your desk for work and you've only got one USB C cable, you want to charge your phone and your headphones. You can just do that all at once with the reverse wireless charging. Yeah, it's not just about like having a backup plan for you know carrying two phones like nobody except for people like us do. Yeah, right?
0: if you have a second phone to charge your phone while you. Start calling it <laughs> Just use that phone. <laughs> yep, phone. That's a Nero problem. That's a problem. <laughs> all right, let's, let's go back to the Galaxy S10 5G. So all right. this phone, right, <laughs> this phone is, yes, because it, it's, a big, it's a big deal. We're <laughs> at MWC. Literally. This is going to be yeah. the show where 5G products debut. We've been talking and hearing about 5G for two years. It's all been theoretical. Now we have networks that are about to light up across the world, we have phones that will connect to those networks, and yet we don't have use cases to justify buying those phones or those hotspots or whatever works on 5G. And this is going to be a big problem for the manufacturers. The carriers are going to push the message that you need a 5G phone. Of course. And the carriers and then the OEMs, the manufacturers, are going to go along with it and say, yeah, of course you do. It's a bigger, better product. And we're here to tell you that that's all bullshit. That's not true. Don't do it. Don't give in. Buy a Galaxy S10. See our last episode where we really just dumped on 5G. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, here's like when, when we actually go to MWC this week and we see all the companies from the big ones like Qualcomm and Ericsson and Nokia talk about how advanced their 5G products are, we're still not seeing the use cases for justifying that. So when you see the, the Galaxy S10 5G or the Huawei whatever 5G or any other phone that's coming out later this year... I would very much caution you against diving right in.
3: Yeah, it's not a good—it's not a good idea to be
0: an early adopter in, in many things, mm-hmm. tech and five G especially, especially
3: since this. the networks just aren't aren't going to be there. I, it would be my argument that once the networks are mature, it, it will
0: be. Yeah, a I saw one hundred percent. I, I really, yeah, State change. Well, I saw basically. a number
4: that. Um, oh, geez, I wish I had the source. I'm such a terrible journalist. AndroidCentral.com by source. The expectation right—it's well, all theoretical at this point—but the expectation is for the United States um that by 2023 mm. 4 years away that 30% of the population of the US will have access to a 5G mobile network wow oh that's that's world and well, that's that's 30% so we always hear carriers talk about you know x percentage of the nation covered they're always talking about the population covered which it's really easy to cover a large percentage of the population by covering In New York, York City, Houston, L.A. You yeah. can get a good you, Houston, Dallas, L.A. You can get a good chunk of population by doing that, and that's what's going to happen here. So we're talking about four years to hit a third of the country, uh, the population. Think
1: that's an endemic problem to the United States because I can almost—I mean, I, oh, I, you might agree. With yeah. The UK will probably hit that a lot faster. It's also probably endemic yeah. well, It's
0: only the UK's... It's the an, an endemic California. problem to Russia, Canada, Brazil... China. China, it, basically any yeah, country Australia, that's bigger India. than the UK. India. It's also an endemic problem India, to the structure yeah. of 5G. It is a lot more infrastructure dense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is right now. It won't yeah. be forever. And, and rolling like, out a new network in general is infrastructure Yeah, I mean, this early version is all millimeter wave. Reliant, which is extremely difficult to yeah. to implement. And r- listen to our episode with Sasha Segan from a few weeks back when we dive when we dove into the technical aspects of five G rolling mid, out. Mid December was it mid December? Yeah. But
2: there are some places in the world where the opposite is the case. Yeah. Right. You look at exactly. Seoul, a hugely important city in in terms of just the mobile industry in general. You cover the city of Seoul. Uh, that's why you know it, I forget the percentage, but it, that's a lot of the country. That, that's a lot <laughs> of the country. Uh, sure. And if you if you can blanket that that city in five G, then you know the carriers have a, a very large uh, incentive to do that. Uh, not the case without every country, by you know by any means. But um, you know, with millimeter wave, there are some situations where that would make sense. Uh, you know, it is worth remembering that five G doesn't just mean millimeter wave. There almost certainly will be. A sub like six version six. of this phone later in the year, which yes. will make much
0: more sense for. AT and T has already promised said phone. Right. Okay. <laughs> From um, Samsung. AT and T says lost.
3: <laughs> I think we're really missing the point, though. Uh, like the 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 five G logo, it has it lights up on this phone, doesn't it? No,
0: not that's the that's another that's another device. the thought. What?
2: No, I, can't, I don't. I can't think of a phone that we can talk about that has that. So. <laughs> no, this one, is one you're feature. talking about. Listen in a week and we'll have know, that. Exact this one is discussion. the. This is really reflective. It's reflective. Okay. Sure it is
1: pretty. I
3: think. I think I'm right on this. Oh, maybe. But I think not. There, uh, there was a bunch of rendered Could stuff uh, that the, on the on the stage of Samsung. Oh. But back, if, if that one? if that's not you the perfect
4: example, right. I think I'm right. If I'll that's not the perfect, if that's the case, then and the other phone
0: also lights up. Then. I it's think part, this is a conspiracy. It's part of the standard, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I really I, hope I that my case roll. has a hole on it for right. the
5: light to shine through. Up. Gotta. Gotta have it. Now, here's the sure question. you get a brand skin with it. With does, does it.
4: On. Does it light up when you're on uh, at t 5GE?
5: Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Different color for that one. Oh, yeah. That, that color <laughs> is <laughs> the c- color of... the color. Yeah, of bl- yeah, yeah dude, that's the color of... Crap. All right,
0: so... Positive things about the uh, S10 5G? No, no it's we don't huge. even have to we don't yeah, have to go it's there. Giant. It's, it's giant. It's giant. It's it's but it's an S10. So let's finish here. Um, thoughts, you know, final thoughts on the Galaxy S10. This is coming out March 8th. It's it's already close. on well pre-order. It's oh, already sorry. out for pre-order. You can get it. You get a free set of Galaxy Buds Which if you nice pre-order. Of phones, it seems so far. Um, you know what, what's our final impression here? Is this the phone that everybody should buy this year, or should they wait for something? It's a safe bet this year. It's very It's a
2: a safer bet for people who want that experience, you know, the same experience regardless of which size you choose, or a less compromised experience at a lower price point. That's something Samsung hasn't had for the past few years.
0: Especially if you
4: have an S8 or, heaven forbid, an S7 still, this is just a simple upgrade. You're not, you don't lose a single thing, and you gain a whole lot, and... That's true. You can probably see, you're, you're probably going to, especially against the S7, but even against the S8, you can buy the S10e for what is a reasonable price coming from an S8 and you're going to feel satisfied. Like that, that is still an upgrade. That's kind of what we were talking about earlier is you don't have to buy the top of the range here to feel like you're getting a good phone and that, that makes it really easy to move from an earlier Samsung phone. Yeah, Exactly.
0: If you've been Samsung loyal for a long time, I think this is going to be a very big upgrade. For if you're I a know. Samsung Galaxy bud. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. Get out <laughs> All right. I think that's where we're going to end it. Um, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Michael's showing off his beautiful wallpaper. Yeah, great, buddy. Great, great job. Good. Um, it doesn't I'm going to start at my, my, my left, Derek. Yes. Thank you. Welcome back to my heart. You're off.
1: Thank you. Thank you, but one thing very quickly. No. Uh, yes. I think before you buy it, you should wait for the next few days because then you'll see basically all the phones that are coming out this year. Yeah, it's a safe bet to buy. You can't it get time. it until
0: March, 8th. Well, this is this podcast is only going to be out by the time a lot of those podcasts
2: only available until <laughs> so March.
0: <hey>? Alex,
5: <laughs> thank you.
0: Hey, Otto.
2: Yeet. Yeet.
0: Okay, you can get out too. Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big fan, Michael, bro. thank you very much. Uh, you, thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I will say this: just
3: uh, the um, with regard to the 3D Sonic sensor. Uh, just a disclosure, I'm uh, sponsored by Qualcomm for the show, so take my stuff, uh, you know, that, just wanted to put
0: that out there before we went off the air. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's very ethical of you. Thank <laughs> you. Andrew. Good evening. My name's Daniel. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and we will be back in a few days with our post-MWC roundup. Stay tuned, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Later.